Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. sharing this short series of messages and we want to continue it about those who go to hell those who go to hell I have been blessed as I'm sharing from this message and um, I want you I hope by the grace of God you are also blessed those who go to hell spirit of God guide us through this message and let your voice be heard let it not be of man's wisdom, but let it be the engrafted word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Wonderful. So we've been talking about those who go to hell. And we are saying it, or we are talking about this with all seriousness. That hell is not a place that we can joke with. Amen. Hell is not a place that we can trivialize and use it vaguely and we say go to hell hell is not a place that anyone wants to go amen hell is not a place that you will wish for your worst enemy hallelujah ask your neighbor what in hell do you want (laughs) ask your neighbor why do you want to go to hell? Say, what in hell do you want? You see, we say these things and we say, you know, what, what in hell do you want? You know, and we say it casually. But it's a very serious place. And I'm sharing with you that it's not a common message. It is not something that you hear frequently. It's not a message that will excite you. Hallelujah. But it's a very serious thing that you ought to know and understand. If God sent his only begotten son, not for anything, not that you will be rich, not that you will get married, not that you will get healed, but that you will escape hell, then it must be a very serious thing. Amen then it must be a very serious thing. So you will think that even your health presently is more serious of a thing to you. You will think that you feeling warm is a more serious thing and that they should have some air conditioning around here to blow on you. Beloved, you don't want to go to hell. I say you don't want to go to hell. Amen. Tell your neighbor you don't want to go to hell. It is a very serious place. And you don't want to go there. You don't want your loved ones to go there. You don't want anyone that you come across to go there. Hallelujah. You know, there's something that Jesus said. I believe it's in Matthew chapter... Let me find it. I think it's Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And... 
Verse 6. He said, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Hallelujah. Then he says, Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. You see, if because of you somebody loses his, his place or her place in heaven, God will not be easy with you. He says, woe unto the world. You see, he's saying that in this world, offenses will come. But woe to the one through whom the offense will come. Woe to you if an offense will come on t- from you such that one of these ones will stop coming to church. Woe to you that because of you, one of these ones will backslide. Woe unto you. He says, woe unto you for your behavior that one who was so on zeal and on fire for Christ is now backsliding. Woe unto you. And beloved, don't take it lightly. Do not take it lightly. He says, woe unto you. If because of you, an offense will come. Because of you, someone will say, I'm not coming to church anymore. Woe unto you. Then he said, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off. If your hand or your foot offend thee, then he says, cut them off. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. This place must be a very serious place. It must be a very serious place such that it is worth cutting off your hand completely. Cut off your hand or cut off your foot so that you make it to heaven. It must be a very serious place. You will think that there is nothing that you will cut your hand. What, what in those worlds would you cut your hand for? If somebody were to give you $25 million, would you cut your hand off? Or would you cut your foot off? But Jesus is saying, for this place, to escape this place, it is worth cutting your hand off or cutting your foot off and enter into heaven. Name. Go, go to heaven hopping. It is better to go to heaven hopping than to go to hell with your two feet. Amen. Amen. So those of you who have certain friendships and you have certain associations and you know that this relationship is leading you to hell and because of your love for this person and because of your affection for the relationship, you are moving on and moving on. Jesus is saying, even your hand is worth cutting off. Those of you who have certain jobs and is leading you to hell, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you are committing certain sins because you know someone has promised to marry you and he says, if I don't test to see what you have, I cannot marry you. If I don't know what you have, I cannot marry you. 
And so you feel that this sin is worth my fornication. This, this marriage is worth my sin. This marriage is worth me committing this sin. He says, if the hand is worth cutting off, then that relationship is better off cutting off so that you can enter into heaven. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It's worth cutting off. Then he says, and if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. You, it's better for you to go to heaven. I think hell is a very wild place. If it is worth plucking one eye and entering into heaven with just one eye, then hell must be a very serious place. Because I don't know anything that someone will pluck his eye off so he can obtain. But you see, people are plucking their eye off so they will marry this guy. They are plucking their eye off so they will stay in this relationship. Amen. So hell must be a very serious place. And that is why we are talking about hell. And we are identifying the kinds of people who go to hell so that we don't go to hell. And the first group of people that we identify, we said those who are offered salvation and they refuse. Those who think salvation is a joke. We read a scripture in Genesis chapter 19 that when Lot went to preach to his sons-in-laws, they thought it was a joke. When God was ready to deliver them from Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot went to talk to them and offer them salvation. They thought it was a joke. Hell is a serious place. When hell fire is coming, you need to drag somebody out of that place. The angels of God knew what was coming, and so they dragged Saul and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. The next group of people, we said, those who do not want to do, or we said, those who accept the offer, but look back. They accept the offer, but they look back. And we shared so many things about those who accept the offer of salvation, and they keep looking back. Hallelujah. Some of you have accepted the offer of salvation, but you are still looking back. Amen. You are still looking back and having a desire for the world. A desire for the world. And anyone who continues to look back, you will backslide. Jesus said, remember Lord's wife. If you continue to look back, you will backslide. Hallelujah. Some of you have received salvation, but you are still associated with your worldly friends. And you realize, Sunday, you come to church, and they ask, oh, where is, um, I don't want to mention anyone's name, and then, where is Richard? Where is Michael? That's Richard. Amen. Where is Wilson? Where is Bunsen? Where is John? Where is Johnson? <laughs> Amen. And you know, they, they, they gather at a certain place on Sunday and they are drinking alcohol. They gather at a certain place on Sunday and they are drinking alcohol and they say, oh, but you see, yesterday, last night you were with them. 
You are with them at the party. You are with them with the, at the outdooring. And then you say, Sunday I'm going to church. You say, I'm a Christian. And so when they are passing, you know how the people sell the drink. And you see that they arrange the place such that people are sitting behind other people. And the people who serve the drink, they can only pass it in the front. So if you are sitting here and you want some of the drink, someone has to pass it on to you. And they ask you, what do you want? And they said, they, they will say, oh, I want the Guinness. I want the beer. And then you are sitting in the front. Nice Christian brother. And then you take the beer in, in mind to pass it on to the person who requested it. And as you take it, you say, as you take it, you look at it. And then you turn it around and read how many percentage of alcohol is in it. And then you are holding it. And then you look. And as you are passing it behind the person, it's paining you in your heart. That you are, some of you, you are angry that you are a Christian. You are not happy that you are a Christian. Sometimes. Not today. Today you are happy you are a Christian. But last Saturday you were angry. You say, ah, you see. And then you say, hey. Guinness that you are drinking like that. And as you are passing it on to the person, you are angry. It hurts you. And then you pass it on and you take a Coca-Cola. They ask you, what do you want? You say you want Coca-Cola. You are looking back. You see, your association with this group, it keeps you looking back. Amen. Amen. I don't like that when I am in a place like that and then someone is asking me, can you pass me the Guinness? I will not pass you the Guinness. I say, stretch your hand and take your Guinness. Stretch your hand and take your Hennekens. Stretch your hand and take your vodka. It says, touch not the unclean things. I will not touch the unclean thing. Some of you, you don't drink it, but you like the smell of it. You don't drink it, but you like to smell it. Amen. You enjoy smelling it. Hallelujah. You are looking back. And all such people, they will backslide. Hallelujah. You see, you will backslide. That is the reason why you will go to hell. You will backslide. Anyone who keeps looking back is going to backslide. Hallelujah. We read a scripture in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. And it says, it says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell. For all of you who think that, you see, there are some people, they look too fine. They look too nice. And you don't even associate hell with them. They look too refined. The way they talk and the way they do their things, they don't look like people who will go to hell. But the Bible says, if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. 
We sit amongst filthy conversation. Sometimes we are sitting in the midst of filthy conversation. Amen. You see, you are a believer. And then they ask you, why, why do you still associate with these people? Why do you still go with them? Have you not seen that your association with them has not moved you any further as a Christian? Have you not seen that? Any person who moves higher with God never associates himself with filthy conversation. Amen. If the people like you, if the unbelievers like your company, you are a backslider completely. You are not a serious Christian. I am telling you. If unbelievers can freely associate with you, you see, as I was sharing, I said, they gather and they are drinking their alcohol and they ask, where is this brother? Oh, where is he? He was with us last night. Where is he? Oh, oh, he's going to church. <laughs> after church, he will come. He will come. And they are waiting for you. They, they know that after church, you go home and you put your Bible down and you come. Any one of you who you open your Bible today, you have not opened your Bible yet. If you open your Bible and the last scripture that you are looking at is the last scripture we read last Sunday, you are a total backslider. I am telling you. You are a total backslider. And a lot of you will find out as you open your Bible that the last scripture, the page that will come is the last scripture that we read last Sunday. You are a total backslider. Amen. You are a total backslider. You are not serious with God. You just call yourself a Christian. You are head towards him. So he says, verse 8, he says, for that righteous man, Lot was a righteous man. Remember, Lot was Abraham's nephew. Abraham, when he was moving out of his father's land, it was Lot he chose to go with him. He wasn't some unbeliever guy. But he says, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing. In seeing and hearing. You are hearing things. You are seeing things. You are with these people. What they are saying is what you are hearing. You, are, you see, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing. As you keep hearing and hearing and hearing, you are having faith in what they believe in. And what they believe in is that there is no God. There is no heaven. There is no hell. That is what they believe in. So he says, for that righteous man dwelling amongst them, in seeing and hearing, he vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. He vexed his righteous soul. You are vexing your righteous soul by your association with these ones. That is why your life is the way it is. And when someone points it out to you, you don't see anything wrong with it because your faith has come because of what you associate with. Some of you, you don't associate with any Christian. The only time you meet a Christian is when you are in church. That is the only time. Everyone around you is an unbeliever. You are looking back. Hallelujah. I said you are looking back. Today, I want us to touch on another group of people who go to hell. The next group of people. I think last, night, last week I shared with you about those who do not want to do difficult things for God. Did I share that with you? Yes. Those who do not want to do difficult things for God, they go to hell. Read that scripture in Genesis chapter 19. I think we saw that in verse 17. Genesis chapter 19 and verse 17. That's where we saw that. Amen. 
But today, we want to touch on another group of people quickly for a short time. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 1. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Listen, any time you hear Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven, you will see that he will associate it with the things on earth to bring you understanding. You see, because that is how we can associate things. We can only relate to things with what we know. And so anytime Jesus is trying to get your mind on the things of the kingdom, he will always relate it with the things on earth so that it will make sense to you. Hallelujah. So he says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. So there were ten virgins, and they all took their lamps. And their intention was to meet the bridegroom. All of them, ten virgins. All of them, ten virgins. Hallelujah. All of them born again Christians. Hallelujah. Do we have virgins in the church? Of course. Listen, listen, listen. You see, when I say, do we have virgins in the church? You have to say it with all strength that we are virgins. Do you understand? You see, because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. If any man, I'm trying to explain something to you. So those of you who are getting married and the man is asking you, are you a virgin? He said, of course I'm a virgin. I am a born again Christian. I am a virgin. He says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That means you are a brand new woman. You are a brand new man. I don't care what you have done in your past. If you are born again Christian, then you are a new creature. You are just as you were born the first day. He said that, behold, all things are passed away. And all things have become new. Including that place has become new. Including everything you have has become new. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you are a born-again Christian. I said, if you are a born-again Christian. That someone asks you, oh, I heard that you, this was your boyfriend, and that was your boyfriend, and this was your girlfriend, and that was your girlfriend, and you slept with this one, and you slept with this one, and you, you said, Behold, all things have passed away. All things have become new. Amen. You say, You are marrying a brand new woman. But you have a child. I said you are marrying a brand new woman. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Don't let don't let anyone. You see, you have to understand the scriptures. And you have to understand where you stand with Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Unless you are born again and you are you are still 
Do you understand? You are still doing it. Then I can, that scripture does not apply. <laughs> is there anyone here who is born again and still doing it? For you, you are not a brand new man. You are an old self. Amen. All things are still old. Isn't it powerful to be a Christian? Isn't it powerful to be a Christian? Isn't it amazing to be a Christian? It is only the blood of Jesus that can wipe away all of your sins. Ah, I have slept with five men. I have slept with six men. I have had an abortion. Three abortions. Four abortions. I feel like I'm not worthy. But he says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. And all things have become new. Oh. All things have become new. You are a brand new person sitting right here. I said you are a brand new woman. You are a brand new man. I don't care what you have stolen before. Some of you have a prison record. Some of you, you were a criminal. They persecuted you. You went to jail. Hallelujah. One day, Bishop was sharing a message and he said, uh, one day there was a pastor in a church and he ministered powerfully. He preached powerfully. And then afterwards, he went to his office. And then they said, someone wants to see you. And this pastor was a very bad man before. Someone wants to see you. And then they opened his office door. And guess who walked in? An ex-girlfriend. Someone that slept with him many times. And now he's standing before the pulpit. And he says he's a pastor. He says he's an anointed man of God. And the power of Christ rests upon him. And he's anointing people with oil. And the woman came before him. And then she stood. And right away, he remembered. He remembered. He remembered. He remembered many scenarios. He remembered many different kinds of styles. He knew this woman very well. And he knew this woman can perform. Amen. So he remembered all these things. But if any man be in Christ, I said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I said, he is a new creature. He is a new creature. It is the blood of Jesus that can place someone like that behind the pulpit to preach the word of God. Hallelujah. It is the blood of Jesus that can place someone like me to stand behind the pulpit to preach the word of God. Hallelujah. And proclaim blessings upon your life. And I say you are a new creature. I say you are a brand new man. You are a brand new woman. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know why the scripture, the message turned to this way. But um, hallelujah. Amen. Oh. They were all virgins. I said they were all virgins. Some of them, they have boyfriends that they have slept with many times. Amen. But they say they are virgins. They are also carrying their lambs. Hallelujah. They are also carrying their lambs. You see, the reason why women wear gowns, they wear white gowns, is to signify that they are still clean. 
they are still spotless. Amen. So these days you see that unbelievers are trying to design gowns with all sorts of dark spots and making it look nice. Please, don't buy any gown that has... You can buy gown with nice diamond sparkles in them. That is still pure. But don't buy gowns, wedding gowns with black spots. Amen. So you see, as the woman is coming, you know, they have invited a lot of people to the wedding. Do you see? And certain people have come. And they know you very well. Do you understand? And so as you are standing before the altar and you are taking all these vows and you cast your eyes. You see? You see, David is sitting there. You see, Joe is sitting over there. And then you see Bruce is over there. And then you see William is over there. And when you look around, you feel unwealthy. But then the scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 will come into your heart. And then it will give you that assurance. You say, I am a virgin. I am a brand new woman. Say, I am a brand new woman. I am a brand new woman. Hallelujah. I am spotless. Amen. It's only the blood of Jesus that can make you a brand new woman. Only the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So the unwise Christians, you know, I have made a lot of promises. And so um, we will pause here. And we, I have to continue next time. If I begin this, we will not finish. Because I've made a lot of promises to myself. So we will pause here. And I will continue the message. Next time we meet. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh, yes. He says, if your right hand offends thee, if your foot offends you, if your eye, one of your eyes is offending you, if one of your eyes is leading you to hell, if there's any relationship that is leading you to hell, any kind of job that is leading you to hell, any association that is leading you to hell. Jesus is saying hell is not a place that you sacrifice a relationship for. It's not a place that you will say because of this association, I am making that choice. It's not any place. The Bible says that God gave his only begotten son, his only begotten son to die for you so that you will not go to this place called hell. Hell is not a place that you will wish for your enemy. He said the unbelievers, people who are offered salvation and they thought it was a joke. He says, and not sons in law. He seemed to them as one that joked. Oh, you don't want to go to hell. You don't want to go to hell. You don't want to go to hell. Father, if there's anything that stands in our way, that prevents us from serving you, that prevents us from working with you. I'll remove them from our past. Speak to me. I wanna see. I wanna see.
speaking to you there are things that are in your life you know you feel very far from Christ you know that if Christ were to come today you are not certain of where you stand beloved the choice is now the choice is now there will come a day where you will go you have two places 
Beloved, you will choose to be with the Lord or you will choose to go to hell. But the choice is now. When a child in the womb is born, he or she cannot go back to the womb and repair that which was damaged. Beloved, when we leave this world, we cannot come back to repair that which is damaged. The choice is today. He says, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. This afternoon, Jesus is here to save. If you are here this afternoon, you are not certain. Perhaps you used to be a very strong Christian. Perhaps you used to walk with the Lord. But today you feel very far from Christ. If you are here this afternoon, you say, I want to come back to the Lord. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Or perhaps you have never said a sinner's prayer before. And you want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life. If that is you this afternoon, with all eyes closed, and every head bowed. This is a very private moment. You are here, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Just lift up your right hand, wherever you are, and I'll pray with you. You say, I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Lift up your hand, your right hand, and I'll pray with you. Lift it up so I can see it, and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? Lift up your hand. Oh, is there anyone here who wants to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Lift up your hand really high up that I can see it. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Is there anyone else? You want to receive Jesus Christ into your life? He's here to save. He's here to save. It's not a wish of God that any one of us will perish. He's here to save. He's here to save. Is there anyone here? Anyone else? Anyone else? If you have lifted up your hand, I want you to take one bold step and come forward. Come here and meet me. Come here. Come here. You have lifted up your hand. Be bold and come forward. You have, you have your hand up. Come forward. Come forward. You lifted up your hand. Come forward to receive Christ. If that is so much, come forward. Put your hands together for the Lord. Yes. to join everyone here to join me as we say this prayer and my sister I want you to say this after me say Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me thank you for dying for me I am a sinner I am, a sinner. I am not worthy, I am not worthy to, come to come before you but because of the blood, of the blood that was shed on Calvary Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I come before you come before as you. a sinner Receive me, Receive just, me. As I am. just as I am. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. let your blood wash me. Let your blood cleanse me. Forgive me of all my sins. This afternoon, make me a brand new person. Lord Jesus, wash me with your blood. Purify me with your blood. I welcome you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Master. Be my Savior. I declare 
declare that you are my Lord. That you are my Lord. You are my master. You are my master. And you are my savior. And you are my savior. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me. For saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for your love, O oh God. I thank you, Father, for the grace that has come upon your daughter. Father, your word says, man by his own wisdom did not know you. But Lord, it is by the grace that the preaching, the foolishness of preaching of the gospel has reached the heart of your daughter. And Lord, it, it has drawn her into your kingdom. Father, you have taken her out of darkness into your marvelous light. We ask God that you build a hedge around her. Protect her. Her going and her coming. Lord, command angels to go with her and to come with her. Let not the enemy have a place in her life. Therefore, you say, give him no place. Lord, we give the enemy no place in the life of your precious daughter. Father, you say, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. And all things have become new. Lord, we are grateful and thankful. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, sister. I have a gift for you. I want you to read this. And God will bless you. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.